BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome into the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi. The podcast is presented, as always, by SeatGeek. Mr. Jim Eichenhofer is off jet-setting and you know, just being a world traveler. So Aaron Summers, our team reporter, is sitting in with me very graciously today. Aaron, it's good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. Yeah, Jim said he's family in town, actually. So he's jet-setting all over the area, eating, is yeah, what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's still, that's still you know, being a man about town as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, that the game last night, look, it didn't go uh, as, we, as we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've got to say... The crowd was electric, and I, I really saw people show out in that sold-out arena. It the, the vibe was great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, did you get the sense that the fans were just as amped as they looked last night? Yeah, I'm going into this game. I kept asking, you know, what kind of feel is it going to be in here? And you know it's going to be sold out, but it's not going to feel like it did during the playoffs, right? Because that atmosphere what's on the line is just so much more heightened. But I do feel like at the end of that game, it felt like the playoffs did last year. The crowd was, was loud. so loud. They were starting chants on their own. They were standing up the entire time. Everybody stayed. And there were times when it the game didn't look great. The Pels were down 17. And it looked like without B.I. and then without Z, you know, it was going to be a tough ask for the Pels to close it out. But yeah. the fans did not give up. They did not leave. Yeah, that that was fun to see. And and look, I, I sit right by the window where everyone sort of comes and goes. If you see sure. a guy pushing buttons in there, like, what's he doing? That's me. Uh, so I'm able to see sort of the crowd. And you did see a few people leaving when the Pels were down like 17. Uh-huh. But it was mostly people with kids. Yeah, it was a Sunday whatnot. night. Yeah, for sure. you know, so it, you didn't see just like general fans leaving. And seeing and hearing how loud it was in that arena when the Pels started to mm-hmm. chip away and come back 
and and the arena was really rocking. That was fun to see is that, that this wasn't a fickle crowd. They were in it. Yeah. It, it felt like a playoff And they atmosphere. were there early, too. It yeah. was full for the intros, for the team running out. I kept looking and watching as fans were trickling in an hour before the game. There were people up there in you know the, the top of the arena yeah. sitting up there. You, you never see that. Again, the game did not uh, end how we wanted, but to see that swell of support, even in mm-hmm. the hard times, is such a difference from maybe past seasons where I, I think a lot of the arena would have been empty once the Pels went down 17, and it really yeah. speaks to how much wind is in the Pelican sails right now, I feel like. Yeah, after the game, too, Larry Nance Jr. referenced the crowd early. He said he was sitting on the bench during warmups and he was looking around and he's like, man, this is, this is good. Like there's a lot of people in here. And he said that Jackson Hayes turned to him and was like, no, this isn't good. This is great. Like you weren't here at the beginning of the season last year. And I referenced this before I've looked back on games from the beginning of the season. And it's wild to think about where we got last year in terms of that, the fan support and the people coming out and where we're already starting this year. Yeah. I mean, this, this team is easy to root for. I feel like people legitimately love Willie green, not, not even just, just because of uh, his coaching, but I I think people remember his ties here to new Orleans. They still, they want to support him. These players are so likable. Mm -hmm. They're so easy to root for seeing their camaraderie on the court and seeing how much they love each other makes you want to love them. Yeah, and, and, and how much they fight. Over. Like yeah. how much we saw their fight at the end of last season. They've worked hard over the summer and they fought like heck last night. They and, did. And that's what this fan base, I think, can relate to and can get behind. Look, New Orleanians, uh, you know, we can have a thin skin sometimes where if someone doesn't want to be here, we can tell and we take it personally <laughs> and we have in the past. But it's to see a bunch of guys who are like wearing 504 shirts. Shout out to Zion yeah. wearing that 504 shirt last night. Seeing people who are like extending their contracts, saying they want to be here, buying into the city, buying into each other. That's all it takes. Yeah. And you're seeing it pay dividends finally. Now, on to not so great news. Obviously, the Pels did have to fight back and they had to fight back shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost our two leading scorers at different points in the game. Obviously, Brandon Ingram going out early after that uh, friendly fire from Najee Marshall. Uh, Zion hitting the deck hard later in the game, going out when he was sort of starting to get hot. Now, it sort of speaks to the culture of the team that a bunch of guys who are not expected to be starters or in at the end of the game were very important. Larry Nance specifically uh, being very important last night. Uh, I mean, what did they show you? What what were you seeing on the bench when, when times were tough last night? Yeah, as you mentioned, Brandon Ingram going out early in the game. He played only 11 minutes. He had 10 points in that time, and he's somebody who's done so well through the first two games, yeah. 28 points apiece, I think. So when you lose somebody that's so key in your rotation, such a key part of the offense, it's going to have an effect on the rest of the team. And I think it took them a little while to find their rhythm. We saw them come back out in the second half, more aggressive, definitely on the defensive end as well. And it looked like they had it going. Trey Murphy starting in his place to start the second half. Yeah, uh, had 16 points, I believe. Yep, 16 points. He's been doing great. Much more confident, shooting lights out from outside, which is definitely something that the Pels need. But, you know, and then you mentioned the injury to Zion. And it's something that I think it's just a freak thing where – you know, you lose your footing, somebody's coming at you to block, and 
he hit the ground hard. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't see it, it's not like Zion like turned his knee weird or like hit the ground weird of his own volition. I mean, he had no arms to catch himself. Right. He's a 230-ish pound man hitting the ground at full force. Look, I am a much smaller man, and I don't think I'd have been getting up as quickly as he did. Uh, obviously, we hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, and and I know you can't speak to you know what, what his injury is, what his status is going to be. No one knows yet. But what did you see from B.I. and Zion on the bench after those injuries? I know you were you were courtside, mm-hmm. you were on the sideline, so you had a closer view than anyone. Yeah, as soon as B.I. got hit, it looked like he got hit in like the bridge of the nose. Yeah, I saw him with um, tissue in his nose. Yeah, and then he, he his nose is bleeding, the left nostril. They addressed that when he came out and stopped the bleeding, had gods in his nose. But he still didn't look like he felt right you know he was kind of shaking his head around a little came bit back in briefly and had he to came go back, back in out. for about 45 seconds and then checked himself out and that's when he actually asked to go back to the locker room and did leave and as he was leaving you know I saw him holding his head so you know they did say eventually that he was out with concussion like symptoms Najee's a bruiser like yeah. he, Najee goes hard. So and to his credit, I don't Brandon Ingram's him. also tough. I mean, yeah. I've seen him play a game with stitches in his eye. It's yeah. not like he's going to go out for no reason. You yeah. know, so it, it's got to be something he's dealing with, but hopefully uh, nothing that'll keep him out too long. No, and the thing is, it is, it's just game three and it doesn't seem like, you know, concussions happen. We saw it with Herb Jones last year, friendly fire with yeah. Herb Jones. It's true. And it, I think that, you know, we want to be cautious um, more so this playing B.I. and risking further injury. Same with Zion, which is exactly what I think happened with yeah. Z. As he went down hard, he immediately jumped up and tried to walk it off. Could tell it was, it, you know, he didn't feel great. Obviously, he hit the ground extremely hard. Yeah. He goes over to the bench, and the athletic trainer, Tom Maystad, was, you know, feeling around his right hip area. So I think that's where he took the brunt of the fall. Right. It ended up coming out that he was dealing with a hip contusion, um, Brandon Ingram had that last year. He missed seven games or so because of it. Zion did go and stretch as soon as the t- the team tied it up and was going into overtime. He he wanted to come in. It seemed like Zion was trying to tag he, himself in towards the end of the game. He was definitely trying to come in, and that's how he is. You know, he is going to. He wants to play. He wants to help this team. He sat out for so long yeah. that he wants to be a part of wins he wants to help and so he was trying to try and he knew how important it was that not have Brandon not have him um you know eventually Herb Jones he fouls out there's some other things that were right were in play there and he he wanted to come in but they I think again out of an abundance of caution game three of the season let's make sure you're okay before we have you get back on the court. Yeah, and I don't want fans to freak out. You know, Zion's injured again already. That was a freak thing that could have happened to anyone. And uh, and again, Zion, I could see him wanting to come into the game, and I I can see why the team would exercise an abundance of caution. While his adrenaline's flowing, while he's in the moment, you don't want him to exacerbate an injury by going in there, making it worse, and then, you know, later on down the road, well, it turns out he made it worse by playing Mm -hmm. in, in, in those moments. So... You know, fingers crossed for both these guys. We're going to find out about, uh, you know, what their status is later on. But, look, again, a tough loss, but a hard-fought loss. And you really saw a lot of heart from that team. What did you see after the game? How was the team feeling after that? Yeah, so you mentioned the the bench support kind of at the front end of that last question of Brandon and Zion. But, yeah, the bench, the the second-year guys – you know, Trey Murphy, Naj or 
um, Herb Jones, you know, they really stepped up. Jose Alvarado had some key plays. Their intensity, what they brought to the game at the end of the game, I think everybody else respected. Yeah. You know, they came in and they definitely sparked that comeback down the fourth quarter stretch into overtime. And then obviously CJ McCollum just at, took over yeah. the game. That, I mean, that, that fall away, that running shot unreal. he took towards the end was insane. He played 41 minutes. I, I mean, didn't that realize is an was incredible, wow. incredible game by him to not only play that much, but to have that performance towards the end, like have that much in your tank to even turn turn it up another notch. Um, he was intense. He I saw was. him saying, I'm a bad MFer. I'm a bad MF. <laughs> After he made that shot, I could read his lips, and it was nice to see him that fired up. Yeah. The overall feeling after the game, though, was they can't get outfought, and that's what happened early in this game. They yeah. felt like the Jazz wanted it more, brought it more, were fighting harder, hustling, they're grittier, whatever it was. That sense of urgency didn't happen until – fourth quarter end of the game for the Pels. And that's yeah. what they want to carry out through the entire 48 minutes. Um, start that way. So that was kind of the overall takeaway. They know the Western Conference is stacked. They know that it's going to take 100% effort from mm -hmm. beginning to end. And I think that that's a, it's a good takeaway. So I, I'm all for it. We didn't win three games until – Game 17 last yes. year. Yeah, keep that in mind. We're not, that is not going to happen this season. Right. You know, starting out 3-0 would have been awesome, but it's early, and there are a lot of good things to take away from this point. Yeah, I mean, I, the one thing I would take away is not only this game, but the last game against the Hornets. Mm -hmm. They were a chippy team. They were playing excellent basketball, yeah. and we were not. Right. You know, the Pelicans had a rough game that game. A lot of their shooters just didn't have it. Other than, thank God for Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jonas went off and, and really saved us that game, but, I mean, the Pelicans were having a down game, and the Hornets were playing out of their minds. Mm -hmm. And to be able to weather that storm and to to – to fight it out, and and the Jazz, again, they've got a bunch of scrappy, scrappy shooters who, again, were playing out of their minds. Mm -hmm. uh, and for the, the Pelicans to even bring it down to the wire with without B.I., without Zion, uh, I think it really speaks to the constitution of this team. And I think, if anything, there is hope for the future. You see that this team will not just fold and give up when the games get tough. It's going to be an exciting season. Yeah, I mean, resiliency, it's been a key word that Willie Green's used. That's what he wants this team to be, resilient. He wants them to fight, play with force, and be you know, tough on the defensive end because he said that's something that you can always bring um, consistently, regardless of who's in the game, regardless of whether you're, it's your night offensively if your shot's fallen or not. So those are some key things that I think they'll continue to work on and – Hopefully injuries wise, you know, nothing serious with BI and Zion yeah, and crossed. we'll just keep it moving. So look, I, I understand it could be a little deflating Pelicans fans, but keep heart. This is going to be an exciting team and it is a long season ahead of us. And I, I still think you can expect playoffs uh, in our future. Let's again, fingers crossed for the health of Zion and BI. We will find out soon, but joining Aaron and I is Mr. David Wesley of Bally sports who was busy last night as well. So let's get David in here and uh, and chat with him. He's he's always a lot of fun. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, you know him from Bally Sports, you love him, Mr. David Wesley. Uh, joining the program, David. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's a it's a it's a great next day after the Pelicans lost, but they'll get back on it come tomorrow. I was about to say, you know, it was a it was a hard fought loss. Aaron and I were discussing it earlier about you know why we still feel good after a loss. Basically, uh, you know, seeing Larry Nance have a big game, seeing that Devonte Graham block against a dude a foot taller than him, mm-hmm. uh, seeing the effort uh, and the cohesion of this team really gave us reasons to feel good going forward. I mean, what are your reasons for optimism going forward after this loss to the Jazz? Well, when you, when you when you add a player like Zion and, you know, people are talking like, oh, this is going to be a great season, and I believe it's going to be a great season, but you still want to see that never give up, that no quit attitude. We saw it tons and tons of games last year, uh, and it's still there. The bench has been playing great through three games. The bench was the reason why uh, this – comeback was able to happen after 17 down and the trust from Willie Green in this bench not to go back to Zion not to go back to JV um, says a lot about the confidence he has in these guys and the confidence they've they have in themselves so uh, I'm still very optimistic it was a it was a game they had to figure some things out which is good you want those kinds of games uh, the first two games they never lost they never they trailed, never trailed yeah. right so I mean they're, they're kind of feeling themselves all right let's calm down the work has to be done, and, and so, therefore, not all losses are bad losses. I, I thought this wasn't a bad loss. And, and we talked about how the Hornets were chippy. You know, they were playing mm-hmm. excellent basketball, and we really weren't. Right. A part of me was like, we had no business winning that game, <laughs> and we did, <laughs> right. uh, luckily. But, I mean, the, the Jazz, how good is the Jazz? I mean, I think people are overlooking them, but they look like a really good team, uh, yeah, weirdly uh, enough. Well, yeah, really weirdly, uh, because I talked to uh, Hornacek last night, and he said that, you know, 
when he got the job, there was still Rudy and still Donovan. Mm -hmm. And by the time he got there, there was no Donovan, no Rudy. And it looked like more of a rebuild. But these guys have come out, and the thing about it is, whether it's a rebuild or or, or a tank season, players don't play for that. Players go out there to win games, and they found something that works. They've spread the floor, shoot a lot of threes, and uh, it's working for them. And, I, you know, how long will that team be together? No one knows, but I guess as long as they're winning – Things could be good for Utah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Tank season is something that I think people on Twitter say or like maybe right. media members say, but the, the players aren't buying into tanking. They have a reputation to, to maintain. They they want to be valuable themselves to the team that they mm-hmm. may go the to. The Lakers, right. on the other hand. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm Shots fired. I'm about to say, there is something uh, beautiful about a team that's supposed to be tanking, being good, and there's something extra beautiful about a team that's supposed to be good, just sucking. Well, and that's why the Lakers are just fun to watch for me They're right terrible. Now. They're terrible. <laughs> Terrible, 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 terrible. Hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. And especially the way Russ is out of position, probably completely on the wrong team, and a Hall of Fame guy looking that awful on the floor. Yeah. That's that's sad. Yeah. I mean, you feel for Russ a little bit, but it sort of speaks to what we're glad to have here on the mm-hmm. Pelicans, which is cohesion. Guys mm-hmm. who like want to be there for yeah. each other. Uh, seeing, again, like Aaron mentioned last night, she was on the sidelines, seeing the bench rally when when we were down you know 17 at one point and then chipping away that's something that a lot of teams that may have better a better big three or something on paper don't have you know the pelicans are deep for Mm -hmm. the first time in a long time yeah and david you mentioned the bench they had 43 points last night i think that the fight that we saw the ability to kind of turn it up a notch Mm -hmm. was impressive and cj he played 41 minutes in that ball game and what he had in the end of it, that was special. It, down the stretch, he went back to, you know, when a guy's at, at that level of talent, you know, they, they just call their number. Just yeah. give him the ball. They just need that opportunity. And uh, he has a delicate balance. He's handling the ball. He's got to get guys involved and distribute. But when those guys are off the floor and it's down the stretch and he's that guy, he hasn't forgot how to be that guy. And he looked like he was back in Portland just – walking people down and taking them in the middle, getting to his spots. It, it's it's pretty to watch, and I thought they were going to come out with that win. Yeah, I did too. Larry said after the game, CJ's hot is hotter than most people's. Yes, and agreed. And you saw it, you know, 28 points, 12 assists. So he understands his role in this team so well, I think. He understands when he needs to distribute the ball. He's looking for the best option, and he knows when it's his time to, to take over. And without B.I., without Zion on the floor – yeah, those are not 28 easy points. Some you of those have, shots yeah. he made looked impossible last night. Well, the one that put him up, the, the runner going yeah. left, shooting it back across, that wasn't easy at all. No. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a great degree of <laughs> difficulty from C.J. McCollum. It definitely looked like he was feeling himself. You talked about some of the rotations, you know, that, that uh, they were sort of figuring out last mm-hmm. night. Obviously, defense is going to be a big part of what the team needs to find going forward. We're going to score. Uh, we've got, you know, scores. You know, Jonas Valanciunas had a big night. Uh, in the Hornets game, not so much as night last night, and you saw other people sort of take that that place. But defensively, I mean, how what do you, what did you think about some of the rotations, especially towards the end there? Well, I, I think there have been games, and there were games last year. Um, there are games that you watch this team, and you're surprised that statistically they're bottom half of the league last year. Same thing this year. They look like they're flying around, and they're doing a really good job. But for some reason, they go into that that. There were some points in the game where 
they just don't have that crispness. They're not rotating. They're not flying around. They don't have that energy. Uh, and that's going to be the, the thing for this young team is to sustain that energy, especially on defense, in order to get the stops they need. Now, I thought they did a great job when they were down 17 to get a, a number of stops to come back. Uh, but you obviously don't want to be down that way. Um, and, and they didn't start the game with that fire. They weren't flying yeah. around, mm -hmm. weren't getting to the 50-50 balls, giving up offensive rebounds. And um, that's why they end up being down that much. The fouls are – you don't want to complain about refs. You know, look, I'm not going to get fined by the NBA, so I'm fine. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to figure out how the fouls are distributed against with Zion, you know, he, he, he just gets mauled every time he goes to the paint. All of his shots are in the paint. It's not like he's shooting three-pointers. Yeah. This uh, is the thing that irritates me the most is people are like, well, you haven't earned that call. It's like, shouldn't they all be the flipping same for everybody? Right. That, that's Agreed. the whole point. Agreed. But they're earn, not. You play. Like, yes. And you've seen it. Yes. It's and unreal. And I know we're going to deal with it on Tuesday when Luca comes in here and he's going to be whining about every call, oh, non-call, yes. whatever. He's already whining. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's already yet. lobbying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's frustrating. And Zion talked about it after the game in Charlotte. You know, he said that the frustration lies with himself because regardless, he has to make that play. Mm -hmm. Like, he has to take it to the rack harder and not rely on the fact that he's going to get a call. But... Jeez, they should be getting some calls. They, they should be. And and Zion has the right attitude. Yeah. Because we've now seen him 86, 87, 88 games yeah. now, and he hasn't got those calls. For a guy to shoot 100% of his shots in the paint, 100% mm -hmm. of his field goal attempts have been in the paint, and he's not shooting 12, 15 free throws a night. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been frustrating for me sometimes. That, like when Zion wasn't making some of those layups, they were highly contested layups because he, he, I think he was expecting foul calls he wasn't getting. Yeah. And then a part of me feels like a, a big part of why he went to the rack so hard and potentially got injured there was because he was trying to drive it home because he's not getting those fouls. Yeah, uh, and and he's he's just got to keep playing. Uh, if he, him, B.I., I don't think B.I. gets a fair whistle. No, yeah. So those guys got to play through contact, and it's not fair, but it is what it is. You know, you, we think back to Shaq. I mean, you could literally jump on his back, and they might <laughs> yeah. give it a play on, you know. So in the same way with Zion, he's just a yeah. big man. They don't know how to official, yeah, officiate him. He yeah. did look more aggressive last night, though. I think it was his best game so far. Uh, 25 points, and he didn't even play the entire game. And he had a rough kind of beginning, too. Yes. It took yeah. him a while to warm up, and yeah. he still got 25 points. Yeah. And, you know, that just sort of shows the force that Zion is. It seems like even when he has a bad game, because he's had a couple where it seems like he's a little rusty, yeah. still getting about 25 points. Yeah. I, I didn't see – I you know, I, it, it surprised me. I looked up, and he was 10 for 14. I said, yeah. wait, wasn't he struggling just a second ago? He's already 10 for 14, which is excellent. Um, and – that dunk attempt, if he goes and quick dunks it, Oof. he doesn't get injured. Yeah, it's he had but that he hand wound the, back. Yeah, yep. he went for the, the, the gusto, and what a play. I think that was Clarkson who mm -hmm. got a hand on the ball. Ugh. And it was all ball. Yes, I didn't, it was. I didn't want it to <laughs> there was no foul whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, you were there last night, dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, that felt like a playoff atmosphere. I've it never seen so was. much wind in the sails of the Pelicans fans. I don't think I've seen that. I, You know, we've had s sellouts. Right. That was the real deal. Yeah. I mean, it was packed in there, and it was packed early. We know, you know, if you live here in New Orleans, they like to pregame way better than come <laughs> to the actual event. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, to last night, they, they got their pregame, and they were in the building, you know, at least 35, 40 minutes before the game started, 
and, and it was electric, you know, especially when you saw that comeback and, you know, that group out there on the floor last night to finish the game. That's the, that's the energy group. And you could see the crowd get behind them and they gave them a great game. And man, I thought they were going to win that. It was so good for a Sunday night, like a Sunday crowd, Sunday Sunday night to stay until the very end Mm -hmm. of overtime. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a long night for a lot of people. And let's be honest. A lot of people come out to see stars. A lot of people come out to see Brandon Ingram and Zion. They weren't in that game. And I didn't see a lot of people trickling out before the fourth quarter. They were there to see Larry Nance playing. And And Jose. I mean, they love Jose. Yeah. I mean, it it was nice to see them stick around for not your stars. Yeah. You know, and that's a fun group to watch. Uh, You know, when they come out, you know, when you get Jose pushing the ball, playing with that style, uh, you had Najee out there doing doing his thing, defending and Mm -hmm. and getting in people's face, Nance rebounding. Uh, And – what a what a, let's go to Willie and how he changed the lineup to go to that. He took JV out, put Nance in because they were killing the pick and roll. So Nance is up on the pick and roll, even switching some of those pick and rolls, and he has a foot speed to to stay in front. Uh, and then he goes with Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy spreading the floor, shooter. Uh, I, and I thought that was a great group to go with down the stretch because they they really matched up better than the group that was out there before. And it was nice to see Larry Nance actually a little more aggressive. He's been dishing sometimes when it seems like he should take the shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He saw Larry Some Nance. dunks that he had to put yeah, back? Yeah, posterized like, the guy. Larry? <laughs> yeah, that, it's nice to see that. A little bit of elevation Nance. I think I saw, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, he mentioned that he said over the summer when he was coming back from his knee injury and stuff that he was like, let me just see. And he like got up and surprised himself. And he was like, I've never been able to jump like that. Uh-huh. So maybe we're going to see a different side of Larry Nance this year. Yeah, Zion's yeah. rubbing off on Larry Nance maybe a little bit. <laughs> Uh, we talked about Luca. Obviously, we're dreading him uh, whining to the officials and pleading his case with B.I. and Zion, potentially without B.I. and Zion. How do you feel like we match up against the Mavs as they're, they're creeping up? Uh, this game's coming up. I didn't think the Mavs were going to do anything this year. And then I watched them beat the, Kill the Grizz. dog out of the Grizzlies. <laughs> I mean, they not from, from jump. And I think through the first 29, Luca assisted and scored on 27 points in the first quarter. He had 21 points in the first quarter. Right. Oh. 21 of 32. So he he definitely tapered off, but his impact on the game is just incredible. He, he's he's an elite player and has ultra confidence in, in his ability. I mean, you think you're guarding him, and he raises up right here in your face and knocks down a, a deep three. So uh, he's tough, but don't forget about Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. And Dinwiddie. Uh, Christian Wood, he was a starter in Houston. He was here for a cup he was, of coffee. Yeah, I was say, he had, a, he had a little bit of here. But. but in Houston, he was their go-to. He was their guy. And now I think he's averaging like a point a minute. I think he had 26 and 25 minutes and then 25 and 25 minutes off the bench. So that's he's playing against, you know, bench guys. And he's a starter caliber player. That's going to be a difficult guy to deal with. Dinwiddie's uh, another guy that, that you have to do, deal with, but somehow this team is finding a way. Uh, what are they, 2-1? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, 1-1. One 1-1? And one. One and one? Yeah, they lost to the Suns, you know, to open up, and then they killed the Grizzlies, 137-96. Yeah. I mean, it was... was one close. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it never got close. you got to hope that, that B.I. and Zion will be back, but, I mean, do you think we have the defenders to deal with, uh, with a Mavericks team that's at full strength? I, I think we do. Um, and, again, it just depends on what energy Pelicans come out with. Um, Luka's going to be a tough matchup, but 
the one thing the Pelicans didn't do well last year that I hope or that has to get better is guarding the three-point shot. And mm-hmm. that's what the Mavs are going to do. They're going to spread you out. They're going to penetrate, kick, and they got shooters on the wing. So the ability to guard the ball will help that a lot. If you have to help and rotate, the Mavericks are going to have a lot of three-point attempts and probably make enough to beat you. When you look at Luka, how would, would you play him? Do you play that team so it's anybody but Luka? You know, so it's not him scoring and you try – or do you let him score and try to deny his ability to assist? I, I've seen it played both ways. Right. We played Akeem Olajuwon straight up. He had 50. We won the game. <laughs> yeah. So that is an idea. Um, but also I've seen situations where you show him different looks. You can't give him a steady diet because he will, he will dissect and beat you that way. Show him different ways. Maybe you trap him sometimes. Maybe you don't. You you weak him sometimes. Um, but you have to keep a body and a big body on him mm-hmm. in order to make it tough for him to to score. And then be physical with him. Make him complain. Make him get mad. Make him make him angry. And that's how I would go at him. I'd be yeah. physical and and try to make make him have to think more than just come down and. That big smile on his face, you know, having a great time. I want him to have a miserable night. <laughs> he just looks so unathletic. He is. He, he can't, he I can't mean, jump on a curve. Like, how does he do this? <laughs> looks like Peyton Manning playing basketball yeah. or something. Just you know, but somehow he gets it done. That that's a, one thing I worry about foul wise, with especially with Luca and the way he complains. That touch foul against Herb at the end of the game mm-hmm. killed us. And and Herb is maybe our best defender. I, I can imagine. I've got to imagine that he's going to be switching out on Luca and then guarding him. Is he going to get those foul calls, and is Herb going to get in foul trouble late in the game when we really cannot afford to lose him? Well, if we're if we're dealing with he hasn't earned, and you know he's a rookie or a second year guy, Herb seems to still be getting those silly yeah fouls that he's. I feel like he's established himself as a defender, and they're not letting him get away with some of the things that I mean. Look at Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can rake, he can rake the skin off your arm and it's a play on Herb brush up against you and it's a foul. So uh, I think Herb's going to do a solid job. It's going to be a tough matchup and uh, he's going to have to bring he's going to have to bring everything and be on it. Everybody's going to have to be together. I mean, you don't stop Luca with one guy. You stop Luca with a team effort. So uh, whatever that game plan is, they got to be in locked in. And just communication has yeah. to be on point. Mm-hmm. I saw it a lot. At times late in the game last night, you know, Garrett Temple standing on the bench, motion with his hands to, to talk. Uh, it's just, they, yeah, they have to be on the same page. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough challenge. And, again, we talked about the atmosphere last night. We need that atmosphere to be the same against the Mavericks. You don't want the fans to drop off, feel deflated. We're going to need you yelling, making that atmosphere as hard for them as possible. So show out, show up, and be loud against the Mavericks, David. Thanks for joining Let's us, go. man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. Big thanks to David Wesley for joining the podcast. He's always a lot of fun. Check him out on Bally Sports. You can see him all season long. And big thanks to Aaron Summers, our team reporter, for hopping on the podcast with me as well in Jim's absence. Uh, Jim will be back on Wednesday, so we're going to be back together. And thank you for listening to the Pelicans podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your pals. Go to pelicans.com to check it out. The podcast, as always, is sponsored by SeatGeek. And if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I am at jcar504. I'm Joe Cardosi for Aaron Summers. Until next time.
Go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.